I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? I, I just put my heel through a hole in the stage. I hope the boat doesn't sink. She made a hole in the ship. And listen, I don't know a lot about ships, but that's, there's not supposed to be holes in them. At least holes that aren't already there. I think it, I think it was tape. I think oh, okay. I just put my heel through. That's what tape. keeps the ship together? <laughs> my confidence has been undermined. Now, we promised this time we wouldn't talk about the ship. Oh, that's true. The first time we did a Shanners on the ship, it was about the uh, Titanic. Um, and it took us about three minutes into our scripted material to be like, this was a mistake. We could literally watch the audience like, <laughs> and we're like, okay, no, 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 no. Not this time, not this time. Uh, so, so, this- we, so we did a show uh, that will be coming out this week on the, the mainland. Back in America. <laughs> uh, that, that is about steamships, but uh, the American Girl doll version. Yeah, it's an American Girl doll book about Samantha going on a steamship, and it doesn't end in a shipwreck. So that would be wild. Hey, kids, don't you want to live like this doll? Well, not all of it, of course, but some of it. Um, and so what we've done instead is we uh, put the call out and we got some questions uh, from listeners. And then we're also going to, after we answer some of those, open it up to questions from y'all. So you have some time to think about it. And then we have a microphone down here. So um, if you have a burning question about etiquette or manners or the right way to approach a delicate situation or whatever, uh, ask us. Now be aware, especially if it's a very specific question. We might not know. But we might, we could probably muddle through it. Uh, but we'll have some time before we do that. And the microphone's over here. Um, wait, has anyone here not listened to Schmanners before? Raise your hands. Oh, oh great. Excellent. We should, we should explain then. So uh, our, our whole deal is that uh, we try to look at manners and etiquette not from a judgy place, but from a, this is a kind of guidebook to help you uh, navigate situations better and really that's what it is if you scratch the surface of manners and etiquette you will see that they were rules kind of created so it's like okay you go to a party with people you've never met before and you want to leave here are the like three things you need to do and then you can leave and no one can say you were rude right it's it's about the dance steps right we we all do a dance in everyday life of you know hello how are you that kind of stuff right and if you don't know the steps to the dance it's a lot harder to get through your life so we're about teaching the dance steps and we also do a lot of historical stuff some of our favorite periods in history uh, involve a lot of rules so so uh, we spend a lot of time in the Victorian era um, because they seemed to have a rule for everything and much of them are hilarious yep Um, And we also do historical biographies because the history of manners is the history of our culture. Um, And so a lot of people have a kind of influence that you may not know right away, but once you, you... learn about these people, you learn about how one person changed, you know, the history of American ballet, right? Or different things like that. And some of my favorite episodes we've done is we've done episodes about like the history of very specific accessories. Like we've done histories on like a handkerchief and uh, like high heels, but also we do them on idioms where it's like, why did we start saying stuff like let the cat out of the bag and stuff like that? And what does it mean? All that. 
But now, let's make new content instead of speaking about old content. Okay. Content. It's all I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So here's our first listener submitted question. How do I respond to rude questions from my in-laws? Ergo, uh, why aren't you having a baby yet? When are you getting married? Which one of you makes more money? Like, all that stuff. You respond with, like, right? And then you, like, give them a piece out and you leave. No, that's, that's, that's not it. it. See, that's a joke for those of you who haven't listened. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. And Teresa does. Okay, so, number one, you don't have to answer any question you don't want to answer. Yeah. Like, you just don't. And Next time, if your mother-in-law is like, when are you getting married? Just lean in and go, uh, next? <laughs> and then just wait. Now she's on the spot. Um, and so, like, when, when maybe your in-laws, right, ask you something that's maybe a little too personal, there are two kind of sides to this coin, right? The first one is your relationship, right? You may want to cultivate this relationship further. You may not want to cultivate that relationship further. Uh, And the way you respond is going to influence that and be influenced by that. Yeah. In general, um, I will say that like an in-law relationship is very strange. Not like personally speaking, I'm saying saying that in, in its very nature, because most of the family, like the family you're born into or adopted into, the family that you have from childhood on, right? You are building what that relationship looks like from like from the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're stepping into a fully formed family with fully formed processes and ways that they relate to each other. It's like going to like a new country that speaks a different language, right? right? And it's like, you might've learned the language, but you didn't learn the slang and you didn't learn like how to tell a joke in that language, right? So the thing that you're saying is like, you need to figure out how much of that you want to build and in what way because it might just be like their family's really comfortable talking about very personal questions like that. And right, and blunt. it could be genuine interest, right? right. They're, I mean, uh, all mother-in-law jokes aside. Um, there people, are jokes about mother-in-law? People tend to enjoy grandchildren. And yeah. so uh, most, of, most of the time, I hope. Well, they like grandchildren because they can give them back right. when they're done. Yes. Which is usually about five minutes. So uh, perhaps your mother-in-law genuinely would like to experience grandchildren in their lifetime. And so it's a genuine question, even though it still is it's pretty, pretty I mean, it's pretty blunt and personal. And the, but the thing is, is like maybe 10 years from now, you will know this person well enough that a blunt personal question wouldn't feel strange. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a moving target, I think. But also, if you feel like someone is just trying to get a rise out of you, just being kind of a jerk, that Shove blunt em. question. Shove them down. You make your partner crouch down behind them, and then you <laughs> shove them so they fall back over, and you're like, I'm the mother now. Come in hot. That might be a little, yeah. a little too I much. I run this town. Just a tad. How about, I'm not comfortable answering that question. Or Yeah, okay. That's kind of like what I said. Or you could just say, like, yeah, I don't know. Next. Certainly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and here's... Just hold up a red card. <laughs> no. The overall recommendation, I would say... Oh, there is a red card. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> would be... It's a good safety feature that people use in, like, role-playing games a lot. Your mother-in-law might not know it, but maybe she's a huge nerd. I don't know. 
the slide the X card. Maybe that is it. It is a, a thing where you have an X card, right, that you use in, uh, like, role-playing games in general, where it's like, hey, we're touching a subject that I'm not comfortable, like, in the game, right? And you just slide the X card forward, and then, like, the DM knows that you don't have to talk about it, and you can just change lanes. So maybe you can set it up with, like, hey there's some topics I'm not comfortable with and I don't want it to be a thing where you feel bad asking about it. Or do this beforehand with your spouse. Yeah. Right? Your significant other is on your team uh, as far as these kind of questions go and hopefully as far as everything goes. Yeah, it would um, be wild if the mother-in-law was like, when are you going to get married? And your partner was like, yeah, when are we going to get married? <laughs> uh, Un- are we going to have kids? I'm glad you brought that up, Mom. What do you think? <laughs> what? So this is something that maybe... How much, who, who makes more? I've never asked you how much money you make. Are we doing good financially? Where are we at? Maybe before you get married. Is yeah, it's probably a good questions. time to ask about that. Do you have money? I don't. Where are you going? <laughs> um... If, if it can't happen beforehand, you can always try and prepare for the next time by having a kind of like debriefing with your spouse about, well, you know, your mom asked us about kids. And although we've talked about it, we haven't told our, you know, our families about the way that we feel about that, all the kind of stuff. And you can, you know, talk to each other about that and be a little more on the same team the next time. So you can you can face these questions together. And as a last resort, buy some smoke bombs and go full Batman. And you're gone. What? Ah, they're off to fight crime. This is what the show is like. Yeah. I'm constantly trying to rein him in. I'm helpful in different ways. Next question. Uh, I know that salary transparency is important, but when is it appropriate for me to ask about it? And when is it bad for me to be like, so how much money do you make? This is very tricky, right? Because... It is important. Yes. And, but it does involve someone else's comfort level when you ask them. Mm-hmm. Both ways, right? Like, I think it'd be weird. I, it's been a while since I worked in an office, so I'm guessing it would be weird if you walked into an office and announced loudly, like, hey, everybody, guess how much money I make? That might not be the way to handle that. Or, like, raise your hand if you think you make more than me. You're mm-hmm. wrong. Right? That might not be a good way to go about it. So um, in another lifetime, I was a lifeguard and I managed to pool for a while. And when this would occur, I, I never told anybody not to talk about it, right? But there really are a lot of nuances that go into um, most people's hiring of their first job. Often lifeguards are 16, 17, 18 years old, and they may not understand the nuances of, of anything. <laughs> I mean, anything. <laughs> you live and you learn and they got more living to do. Um, So when this would come up, I would talk about how I can only recommend salaries to the hiring company and salaries are based on um, like experience and age and how long you've been actually at the pool and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully the employer has a little bit of, of, you know, something prepared to talk about this. And there are also different laws. There are a lot of state laws coming down the pipeline that make it illegal to 
squash this kind of thing, which I think is great. Yeah. Because you should be able to talk to people about your salary. Um, I, I would also say without dancing around it too much, because you don't want to like over lead into it. But I think you do, instead of just saying, how much money do you make? Something more like, hey, I'm trying to figure out like the appropriate range of salaries mm-hmm. here. Would you be comfortable letting me know? how much or just kind of a ballpark like right. instead of saying how much do you make let them know why you're asking let them know like that you're okay if they're not comfortable discussing it mm-hmm. um because it, it, there's a big difference between can i ask you a question i don't know can you and how much money do you make and instead saying are you comfortable discussing salary because and i, I think that there's really only one situation where it would be quote impolite, right? If you're in a non-work situation with someone who doesn't work in your field, right? So like if their job is not comparable to yours, why does it matter how much they make? Yeah. There's also uh, a lot of great resources online where you can find like by state, what kind of the range of pay for different careers and jobs is so that you can start there. And if you're like, okay, I feel like my salary is not in that range, then you also have a piece of data to go to someone else and go, hey, does that sound right to you, this range that's listed on this website? Because I'm not in that range. And then they can say yes or no. And if you would know this person was the right person to go to if they also worked in the same type of job that you worked in. Yeah. Okay, here's another one. My best friend is transitioning to different pronouns, but I've known them as other pronouns for 10 years. If I accidentally misgender them, how should I handle it so I can make sure they feel comfortable without making a scene? Well, I mean, first of all, congratulations to their friend, right? And the best way, you are doing the best thing that you can to be a supportive friend is to support them and use their correct pronouns. And it isn't their job to make sure that you correct yourself and you use your right pronoun, they're not right pronouns. That's your job. So again, great work. Um, and you and, also have to be careful not over apologizing. Right, that's the thing. Right, when you make a mistake, an apology can be as simple as "Oh, I'm sorry," and then use the correct one. It's the apology and the correction. Right, that's what you need to practice doing uh, so that it doesn't, when the apology is too long or the correction is too long, those are things that tend to make anybody uncomfortable, the person apologizing and the person being apologized to. You don't want it to become a situation where now it's about you, the person who made the mistake and they're trying to make you feel better. Don't be that person in general, in this specific instance and in general. And I also think uh, along those lines, it is specific. So the nice Mm -hmm. thing about this is like, there's a generally, you know, apologize and correct. But also you have the chance to then talk to your friend and go, hey, in the future when that happens, like how, what can I do, that kind of thing, and have that conversation with them. But also just practice their correct pronouns. Uh, I mean, I often find myself talking to myself or my animals um, just in general uh, about, you know, my worries, my life. Things that are... Your hopes, your dreams. My hopes, my dreams. You know you can talk to me about that too, right? Yeah, I know. Okay. But something, it's, it's a little nicer talking to Buttercup. She's our dog. What the? One I'm of right them. right here. Do I, a podcast with her then. I know, but what? she can't speak. That's the only reason? Not because yeah. you and... Welcome to the last episode of Schmanners. <laughs> um. But you can practice 
anywhere. You can practice in the mirror. You can practice with your animals. Yeah. With your I talk mean, to your animals about your friend, right? Yeah. And make sure you use their pronouns. Use in the pronouns that they use. Yeah, and then do a podcast with them instead of your husband. <laughs> it would it would Don't. be hard to podcast with Buttercup. I mean, she doesn't speak English, so okay. I, right. I wouldn't be able to understand. I'm done talking that. about this. I don't want to. Okay, here's oh. one. Am I supposed to tip a bathroom attendant? Like push him over? Yes, Travis. Should we push people over? Only if they're asking weird questions. <laughs> or if they're cows. You know that's actually really dangerous. Yeah, man. Yeah. 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 Tipping over cows. Dangerous for you, dangerous for the cow, dangerous for society. Dangerous for the uh, global warming if the cow farts. <laughs> All right. Recently, Sarah McKay, who works with us and does a lot of design work, referred to cow tipping as a rich man sport. And like it ground a meeting to a stop as we were all like, wait, what does that mean? And she she stood by. She was like, well, you have to be pretty rich to like know where a cow is. Do you? What? And then Alice, who was there too and works with me and lives in Cincinnati with me, was like, Okay, Travis, right now, point to where you think the nearest cow is. And I was like, why are you siding with her? She just said cow tipping is a rich man's game. What are you talking about? What's happening? It was the worst day of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So, back to bathroom attendance. Yeah. Uh, So, there's a couple of things that I think are, are... part of this question that wasn't actually asked. Are you using anything that the bath attendant is offering? Yes. Um, sometimes they can have things like tampons or mint or... Uh, and sometimes they just reach over and pull a paper towel out of the dispenser and hand it to you. And it's like, I could have done that, man. I could have handled that myself. Yes. But don't say that out loud. I could have... Watch how good I do it. <laughs> do it more like I did. I'm a big that, boy. That sounds like our three-year-old. Yes. Okay, so um, Peggy Post of Emily Post's family and it conglomerate I don't, organization organization uh, says that it is customary if you use something to give two or three dollars. Okay, mm. yes, I know. It, it sounded it sounded very uh, it sounded expensive to me too. Um, Can you imagine? I, I, this has actually happened to me before, so I can't imagine it. Walking into a bathroom, there was a bathroom attendant there that I did not know was going to be there, and realizing like I don't have any cash on me. Can I still use this bathroom? You can still use the bathroom. Okay. Yes, you absolutely can. Uh, you do not have to pay to use the restroom. No, I know that, but I mean, what if he hands me a paper towel and I'm like. Thanks, and I don't have any cash to give him. And he's like, never come back. Uh, I don't think that he would say never come back. Okay. It was, I hope a, not. It was a test. <laughs> and he owns the whole restaurant. But you can't, you absolutely should say thank you. Oh, okay. If someone hands you the paper towel, you can say thank you. You can also say, I apologize, I don't have any cash, right? Okay. This is their job, right? And Hypothetically, we have not established it in here that you've checked for credentials or something. Could just be someone who's bored on their date, and they're like, I'm going to go hide in the bathroom for a while. That happened in Bob's Burgers. Do okay. you remember that episode? Yeah, I, you didn't have to blow up the spot like that. You could pretend like it's a thing that happens in real life, too. I just don't think it does. It I think it happens doesn't. in TV and movies. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to do it. If you see me in the bathrooms out here, you better tip. <laughs> better tip. That, Paul said that's the only way I got paid to be here, and I got to pay my own way, so please 
tip me in the bathroom. <laughs> Don't do it. Now I've said it, and I'm worried that it'll be a, like an actual joke that you do. Don't. That was a joke for the stage, not for real life out there. Don't hand me money in a bathroom for a lot of reasons. You know what? Let's move on. Okay. Um, so uh, what I'm going to say, instead of 2 or $3, I'm going to say it scales up with, if it's an item, it's a dollar, right? If it is a service, sometimes people are prepared to shine your shoes or mend your hem if you have a problem with that. That gets more money. I don't usually carry more than one or two singles, so it would probably be, if somebody shined my shoes, I'd give them five bucks. Yeah. You know? That, that is a large service for something like that. Um, but if someone just hands me a paper towel, treating them like a human to say, thank you, I apologize, I don't have any cash. Got it. Right? I think that that is a good, a good middle ground. Always, always treat people like they're human. Yeah, that's a good start. Unless they're general. dogs, like Buttercup. Don't, but, okay. Unless they want to be treated like dogs, but then it's a consent thing. <laughs> okay. Got it. Let's not get in the weeds here. Okay. Here's one that I would love to hear you talk about. Oh, boy. Can I actually keep my mobile phone on the table during a meal? We live in a new age of phones, and I'm just curious what the right answer is. So, yes. Next. Here, okay, here's what I will say in defense of neurospiciness thing. Having my phone on the table where I could see it means I don't have to think about it for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is true of everyone, right? It's not like I'm a brain surgeon on call. Right. If anything, Justin and Griffin might text me a funny TikTok. That's about it. And I think that that can wait till the mashed potatoes are done, right? But if it's in my pocket, right, and I feel it buzz, or if it's on a surface and I hear it buzz in the room, I'm thinking about it now. But if it's there... And I can look and be like, oh, that's nothing. Now I don't have to think about it. So for me, it is there so that I'm not distracted by it instead of the other way around. And I realize now this feels like a very personal conversation you and I are having (laughs) in front of an audience. Come in, won't you? Well, I did ask it quite personally because we do sometimes have a difficult time at meals trying to convince our children that the TV is off and we are not playing with our iPads. We're not playing with toys. We are here. This is family time. We're eating a meal together. And as soon as daddy finishes this level on Flappy Birds or whatever, we'll go on. Angry Birds. What's Flappy Birds? I don't know. It's the new hit. What is it? It was real, though, Flabby Birds? All right. Okay. One point for Travis. Nice. Uh, So it is difficult to convince them that those are not things that we're doing at the table. What we're doing at the table is family time and eating when you have your phone at the table. Um, And whether you... That's why I got a watch that tells me what the notifications are so I can look at it. Instead of my phone. Now, do I always remember that? No, I have ADHD. <laughs> um, so, in, in the question asker's case, I think it, it really depends on why, right? Uh, is, 
is your partner going into labor at any minute and you they are not in the room and they might text you? Okay, fine. Yeah, keep your phone on the table. Mm. Keep it in your hand if that makes you feel better. Um, are you a brain surgeon? Are you on call? You should probably have it with you, right? Yeah. Um, and cut down on the glasses of wine while you're having yeah. dinner. That's <laughs> hey, just in surgeon. general. If you're a brain surgeon and you're on call, cut it down to two maybe <laughs> and then don't tell the patient when you get there. Or... Or none, maybe. I mean, yeah, ideally. Okay. But I'm not a Puritan, but, and I'm not on the table. <laughs> but we've all been there now, with this the This year on Fox, coming this summer, drunk surgeons. No, that's a terrible idea. Well, it's a reality show. Also a terrible idea. Okay. I'll workshop it. Um, but we've all been with out to coffee with a friend, or you have been at dinner with your family, and maybe... My sister uh, won't put her phone down. She's scrolling Instagram or whatever, right? That doesn't feel good to be to be party to that. Um, so I would say that it's it's dependent on why you need it, and you know if you are a person who does need the notifications, or you'll be thinking about it. Have a watch, maybe, or have it out of your reach, right? So if you can, you can just see it but not pick it up. There are ways around it to yeah. make the people with you feel like they are with you. I also think that it's one of those circumstances where um, having a conversation about it, because one of the things about etiquette and stuff like this is like it's not – things become rules because people repeat them enough, but rarely do you find – anywhere it's like this is like for example elbows on the table is something that we talk about a lot on the show as an elbow on the table rule because it's a thing people reference all the time but elbows on the table is only a rule when you're like sitting at a table where everyone's so close together that you might knock someone's soup over or whatever if you put your elbows down it's not something that you actually have to worry about constantly all the time uh, especially nowadays where people just don't have soup as much um and so i love soup i have Let's not get into this again. Um, I don't think it's food. It's a drink. It's not important. Um, (laughs) Unless it's stew or chili. Um, But now you're getting into it. I know. But the thing is, is like talking to the person and saying, hey, it bothers me when, or it makes me feel like uh, you're not as, as tuned in to this moment as I am. Because it might be, this is the thing that I told Teresa when we started dating, like if we're at a restaurant and there's a TV on, you will probably catch me looking at that, but I'm not actually watching it. It's just like my, I, I'm listening while staring off in the distance because if I'm looking at you, I'm thinking like, how much eye contact should I be making right now? Is this good eye contact? No, what are they saying? Say, okay, okay, yeah. Oh, what did I just agree to? Oh no, right? And if I can just zone out, then I'm actually able to listen because my eyes and my ears are not connected. <laughs> Right. Um, so, in short, <laughs> if you if you to really recap. need to, you can explain why it is you need to, and also listen to the explanation of the person you're with as why they don't want it. Are you tired of being picked on for only wanting to talk about your cat at parties? Do you feel as though your friends don't understand the depth of love you have for your guinea pig? When you look around a room of people, do you wonder if they know sloths only have to eat one leaf a month? Have you ever dumped someone for saying they're just not an animal person? Us too. She's Alexis B. Preston. She's Ella McLeod. And we host Comfort Creatures. 
the show where you can't talk about your pets too much, animal trivia is our love language, and dragons are just as real as dinosaurs. Tune into Comfort Creatures every Thursday on Maximum Fun. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And I'm Emily Heller. Wow, Emily, we've been doing this podcast for 10 years. I know, but hey, don't worry. You can jump in at literally any episode and hear us talk about some of our favorite stuff, caterpillars becoming butterflies. Martha Stewart flying around in a private jet full of trees. Yes, you heard me right, trees. Neighbors becoming enemies. Just kidding. (laughs) Whatever messed up stuff we can find on Wikipedia. Our impeccable taste in everything from dogs to TV shows to bodily functions. And horses. Lots and lots of horses. Come for our horned up rants about the world. Stay for the catchy theme songs. You might not learn anything, but we're a good hang. Baby Geniuses. Every other week on MaximumFun.org. Baby Geniuses. Tell us something we don't know. Uh, so I would say we have like 15 minutes before we need to start wrapping up. Do we want to do some audience, audience questions? Sure. Okay. Sure. So if so you have questions that you would like us to offer, well, for her to offer advice on and me to be here, it's fine. Right. Okay. Hello. So theoretically, 12 foot skeleton in my yard, theoretically neighbor across the street destroyed it. Uh-huh. And there's a police report and we have footage, but do you talk to them? So, so the question is. Your property, some theoretically, some property was damaged, and you theoretically know who it is. Let's, yeah, there's footage in a police report. Do you talk to them? Um, I would say that this is a circumstance where, if you, in your judgment, think good will come out of talking to them and say, like, I feel like there's some kind of misunderstanding here or bad blood or whatever that we can clear up, and you want to talk to them, you should attempt to. But I do not think you are obligated to mend that quite maybe literally fence um, with your neighbor. If you're like, listen, I don't want to have a relationship with this person. What I want is for them to leave me alone and leave my stuff alone. That is uh, maybe one of the few times that uh, filing a police report and that makes sense because you don't want to deal with it. Right. Unless you want to hire like a drill bit tailor situation where it's a I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's it's Owen Wilson. He gets hired by some kids to be their uh, be their bodyguard. I haven't seen it. I just know it's a great movie. And okay, but you could hire. (laughs) You know, it's a great movie. You haven't seen it. Yeah, this is a great concept. And so maybe hire Owen Wilson to talk to your neighbor. So do I post the video that we made roasting their you know skeleton destroying before the police are done with their investigation or after? After. Wait till after. Okay. Yeah. You, you don't want that kind of evidence being thrown yeah. out of court. Yeah. If, you, if you do have to go to court and someone says, well, but this was a, a video that they put and they caused uh, like some kind of like mental anguish or whatever, that might get thrown out. So you got to wait till after. Yeah. Good to know. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Uh, my question is, with the rise of technology and, like, emails, um, with everyone submitting, like, online resumes for either jobs or auditions, for example, what is the proper etiquette of responding to a rejection letter? Okay, ah, right. so that was about, with online correspondence regarding jobs or auditions, how do you respond to a rejection letter? I think that it, it's, it's like writing a thank you note, Right. Uh, it is perfectly fine to have a uh, like a, just a form that you click in 
dear whoever sent you the letter, right, uh, thank you for your time. I hope we can work together in the future, right? And you can just have that and send that to anybody who gives you rejections. Don't worry about making it, like, super personal to them because they're not going to, like, compare notes or anything, right? But If there was a moment where, like, man, they really went out of their way to, like, arrange the time for the... Uh, for us to do a Zoom call or whatever, you can personalize in that way. I'm just like, and I really appreciated you working around my schedule and all that stuff, but you don't have to. Right. But uh, I think that the the important thing is that you, you frame it like a thank you um, so that even though they are not working with you at this point, um, you can kind of make a good impression even as you won't be seeing them anymore. Yeah. Right. And if nothing else, think of it as like thanking them for letting you know that you didn't get it. Because like I've oh, been in yeah. situations before where I've auditioned for something and then never heard back. That's and you're so like, annoying. I get yeah. it's been three years, so I probably didn't get it. <laughs> right. That well, kind of thing. The show has gone up and come yeah, down. So done. maybe I didn't get that role. Or man, maybe I did. And they were really in a hard place. <laughs> There's such a mass disconnect, too, because, like, sometimes you get the automated rejection letter compered to, like, a personalized rejection mm-hmm. letter. So I didn't know if there was, like, a right. It never way, hurts like, to try. To either one I of mean, those. yeah. And if you have any contact information for anyone at the company, um, and you can just mention that I received the rejection letter, but I still wanted to thank you for your time, mm. right? Um, I know that a lot of those automated mailboxes don't mm. get answered, but if you... Um, if you're really interested in cultivating this relationship, you can send it on to any contact that you have with them. Righteous, thank you. Thank Great. you. Hello. Hi. Um, you're commuting or you're in line at the grocery store or someone's in front of you and the tag is sticking out of the back of their dress or uh-huh. shirt. What do you do? Uh, Rip it so, off. So, so the question was, um, if you find yourself presented with someone's tag sticking out of their clothing, what do you do? I think that this is a this is a great question because, in general, I follow the rule that if someone can have their have something fixed in five seconds, you should tell them, like their fly is down or their shoe is untied. Or they have lipstick on their teeth, right? If, they, if you can correct it in five seconds, that's something that you can definitely tell them about. I think that you can say your tag is sticking out of your shirt and then either allow them to go for it or you can say, would you like me to help? Yeah, I, I would also just as a uh, general rule, avoid like tapping someone on the shoulder or touching in any way uh, because... Consent is very important when it comes to that. And you never know how comfortable someone is with physical conduct. So saying like, excuse me, I just want to let you know that your tag is sticking out. And, right. and then they, they can fix it or they might even say, oh, could you help me? Right. And that's, that's permission. Um, but if something could not be fixed in five seconds, I think that's just, you should just let it go. You know, let them go live their life. Gotcha. It can't be helped. Gotcha. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hi there. Um, so I don't use the word please very often when I'm interacting with friends and family. Mm-hmm. This has led to several debates between me and my friends of, you're rude, you should use the word please more often, to which I respond with, I have other ways of making my request polite, and when I do use the word please, it carries a lot more weight, and you know that this is something important to me. Mm. I want to know which side you guys are on. Uh, you know, so this is very the interesting. The question is, with people that you're very close to, friends and family, uh, do you need to use please as much, 
Or can you save, please, for like really important asks? And this is interesting because we've been talking to our children a lot. And I think that there is a certain concept of implied please, right? Where like BB doesn't always say please, but she'll say like, may I have that? Right? And it's just like, clearly you ask that in such a way where the tone of voice is please, right? Versus like, give me that, right? May I have that? There's an implied please in there. But I will say this. If your friends have asked you to say please, then it is important to say please because it's important enough to them to ask, right? With BB, I don't mind if she says please every time or not because of that implied nice way to ask. But if someone says to you, it feels rude to me that you do not always say please when you ask me for something, they are telling you something they need to make the experience of being your friend or family member a more positive experience. And that is worth listening to. And I, I want to also add to that, that your friends, they understand that you, if you make the commitment to trying, you're going to mess up because people do. Um, and so I think that if someone who has spoken to you about this calls you out and says, hey, I talked to you about this, you can say, I'm still working on it. Please be patient. Or, I mean, be patient with me. <laughs> be patient with me. Please. It's, it's like if, uh, I, I, if, if someone started calling you a nickname and you were like, I don't like that nickname, and they kept using it, right? Mm-hmm. That would be hurtful because you express it. I think this is in a similar vein where if they bring it up, it is important. Awesome. Thank you. Hello. Hi. I have ADHD. Mm-hmm. It's very relevant for me. When is it appropriate to bring that up in casual conversation? That's such a, when is it appropriate to bring up ADHD? Um, so I, in my experience, um, it is a thing that I am very casual about talking about. Um, but I do think it is something that I try not to use with someone I've just met or someone I'm getting to know as like a, uh, yeah, you'll have to excuse me or something of like, I, you have to deal with this because I have ADHD. I try to be on best behavior and then trick them into being my friend. Um, no, I, I think that it's. It, that it's something that when you feel comfortable doing it, when it is an, uh, a, a moment of like, um, oh, yeah, well, I have ADHD, so like this is something I always think about. Oh, yeah, I, I do the same thing, you know, but I've always thought it was because of my ADHD, right? I don't think it has to be a, I have something to confess to you. Mm. Please sit down. I don't <laughs> think it has to be that kind of moment um, because the more weight you give it, the more they're like, okay, are you all right? And it's like, yeah, I got a bad case of ADHD. I don't know. Like, doctor gives me 60 to 80 years. Uh, it's, it's a weird thing. So I think it's just like, as, as casual a part of conversation of like, what part of town you live in as you're getting to know someone or like, where were you born, right? Mm-hmm. I have ADHD. I think it can be part of that same getting to know you phase. Mm-hmm. Right, it's about relationship, right? Yeah. Um, someone who you like, if they're checking you out at the grocery store and they say, did you find everything okay? Checking you out like the cashier. Cashier. <laughs> Not yeah. like, ooh. I mean, maybe. If, yeah, maybe. maybe. Checking you out. Um, we haven't dated in a while. <laughs> we don't know where that happens anymore. Is it at the grocery store? No, I where think do people go? Do people go to bars anymore? I don't know. Do they still bad. live their little lives with their hula hoops and their dances? Um, <laughs> so, so I think that the, the more that you are interested in, in uh, cultivating a relationship, I think that the easier it will be to figure out when the right time is. Thank you. Hello. Hey. Um, 
So kind of speaking of like when you're getting to know someone and stuff, I oftentimes will have a conversation with someone and it'll like come up where you're from. And I'll be like, oh, I'm from Minnesota originally. And they'll be like, oh, Minnesota? Like every time this happens constantly. And I'm just like, what do I do? Because I find it really rude, but these are always like strangers that I don't know. And so I don't feel like I can call them out on it. So I just don't know what to do. (laughs) See, I've never had to deal with this being from West Virginia. The question is when encountering someone and making small talk, how do you respond when someone makes a, a slips a joke in there about where you're from? Like by doing the accent that they think those people have, which yeah. we can all agree, wild, right? But also a thing that we've all done, right? Because it's weird when someone's like, oh, I, I live in Brooklyn. And you're like, hey. <laughs> but then if they were like, I'm, you know, from Spain, I'd be like, that's excellent. Yes, very nice. Um, well, has this, have you ever encountered this as a West Virginian? Yeah. yeah. I remember when I went to school in Oklahoma, my freshman year, I told someone I uh, was from West Virginia, and they were like, do you guys even wear shoes there? And I was like, you live in Oklahoma. We're in this together. What are you talking about? We need to have each other's backs. You know, people are awkward. And I think that it is an attempt to have a, like, I can relate to that. Yeah, it's, it's trying to have a shared experience with you. It's just not That doesn't great. make it awesome. Yeah. Hey, everybody, let's start a movement here. <laughs> Don't you guys do that. There, we fixed it. No, I... Thank you. I think, man, it is a chance, by the way, to say, like, I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah, make them feel dumb. <laughs> Hello. It's great to see you guys. Thank you. Um, I hear you on podcasts, and Thank so you. it's nice to see your faces. Thank you. Um, not a question, but more of something that I have learned is the value of saying, I forgive you. Mm. And even in the smallest amount of even bumping into someone and they say, oh, I'm sorry, saying, I forgive you, it has so much more power and that you can see the person's face going, oh, wow, that's great. I think that's and great. Uh, so I just wanted to share that with people. I think oh, that's wonderful. Thank you the for power sharing. I forgive you when someone right. apologizes. Instead of just saying, yeah. that's okay. That I think is we have some, time for one last. Yeah, yes. I think this is the last one. Uh, I just want to say that we are, um, as parents, working on apologizing for the things that, that, that we do as well. Um, I mean, I don't make mistakes, but other than that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So thank you for that. Hello. Hi. Um, I am asexual, and it's the first thing on my dating profile because I want that conversation to be opened up so I'm not leading people on like I've heard a lot of times. Uh-huh. Um, but I've also gotten that it's too much information when people ask me about it. And I was wondering where the line is. <laughs> I, I think. I think that those people are not for you. Yeah, too much information yeah. on a dating profile is a really great way to weed people out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, totally. oh, Excellent. Uh, won't, won't waste my time on people who think I'm too much. Right. Done. In general, like, that's a thing, man, of just like, this is information I want someone to know about me. Well, I didn't want to know that about you. Well, thanks. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. You. See you next. It's a really, I mean, it's the, the same thing of like, if you told somebody you had ADHD and they're like, whoa. And you're like, okay, bye. Right? Yeah. Like, life yeah. is short. I, I think that um, you putting something that is important to you in a profile where you're trying to find someone who will be important to you, I think is, never, is not too much. I you're doing great. Awesome. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you.
All right, everybody. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for coming out on this Monday morning uh, to do uh, to do this show with us, yeah, to be here. Thank you for being here. Uh, it would have been weird to do it to an empty house. Probably more weird, though, to do it for one person. I think it would be less weird to do it for an empty house than, like, one person <laughs> right there. So you can find us wherever you get your podcast, but our podcasting home is uh, MaximumFun.org. Um, or you can go to MacRoy.Family. Uh, or just search Schmanners. I don't think there's anything as S H M A N N E R S. We have uh, so at McElroyFamily.com. There's a lot of great information on our live shows, on the other shows that the McElroy family does. You may or may not know about Mabim Bam or uh, the Adventure Zone. Mm. Mm. Uh, and tonight I'm going to be doing uh, leading a Disney sing along here. Uh, thank you. Teresa's going to be there as well, doing some songs. Uh, and then we've got a because kids... in another life we used to be actors. Yeah, we've got a kid sing along coming up later in the week. I hope you'll be there for that. I'm I'm doing stuff all week. I'll see you around. Yeah, uh, we'll see. You. And I think that's going to do it for us. So join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners, get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.